now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart is giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. If you believe it, give me another amen. amen. Can I greet somebody on your left or your right? Tell the person you are blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Greet somebody and say you are blessed in the name of Jesus. That understanding is coming to you again today. The Lord is making you more and more like the Lord Jesus. By the entrance of his word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Alright, let's open our Bibles. Let's give attention to reading 1 Peter chapter 1. So our school of prayer, and we've just been looking at how believers are supposed to pray. Today we're going to do more of teaching. We'll still declare the word like we have been doing since we began um, today's meeting. Now I'm reading from verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are born again to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and which will not fade away and which is reserved in heaven for you. To be reserved in heaven does not mean you get it when you die or when Jesus has come back. It means it's a storehouse where it is kept. And the thing about heaven is that it's a place where moss does not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. So when you see the word heaven... That's what it means. It means it's not affected by things around. Circumstances around do not affect the quality, the integrity of that blessing. That's what it means. So it's reserved in heaven for you. You who were protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So in this you greatly rejoice. Even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. And a proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire. That is, gold that has been well purified is still perishable. He said, but your, the proof of your faith is more precious than that gold. And that that may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. So you do not see him now, but believe in him. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, that is your continued faith, you obtain as the outcome of that the salvation of your souls. As to this salvation, he says in verse 10, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that will come to you made careful search. Now please notice this, verse 10. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that will come to you made careful search and inquiry, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating, as it predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. 
it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things which now have been announced to you, through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now, um, last time I began to explain something about how to relate with the prophecies of scriptures. I explained that, you see, when you read the Bible, when you hear these people who wrote the letters, James, Peter, uh, John, and Paul, when you hear them talk about scriptures, they did not have Matthew, they did not have Mark, they did not have Luke, they did not have John. Do you understand? They did not have the book of Acts, they did not have Romans, they did not have any of the letters of Paul, neither did they have the epistles of um, John, Peter, or James, or Jude. Those things, when they were writing, they did not even consider their own letters, scriptures. It's just that God, in his infinite wisdom, had planned it to be so. It's just that these are the people that they call them the apostles and the prophets. The church was built on that foundation. These are people, all of them were people that Jesus taught directly. All right, These are people that they had the revelation that's foundational to the um, body of Christ today. The church is built upon their information. Now, but then when they were writing, they didn't think they were writing the Bible. Paul didn't feel like, okay, Timothy, let's write for them scriptures. No, just like, let us teach them the word of God. So when they will speak about the scriptures, they were writing, they were referring to Genesis. They were referring to Exodus. They were referring to Leviticus, all the way down to Deuteronomy. They were referring to the Psalms. They were, talk, they were talking about Samuel, First Samuel. You know, Samuel wrote, um, just for information, did you ever wonder who wrote some of those things? Samuel wrote some. Jeremiah wrote most of the other ones, you know? And then, you know, yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah, do you know Jeremiah? Jeremiah, the prophet. It's not only his own book. He wrote two books we all know, Jeremiah and the Lamentations of Jeremiah. But then if you go down to Chronicles, he also sat down and composed a lot of things there. Now, so, they were referring to all of those things. And for them, those things were the, of course, oh, let's not forget now the prophets, okay? Which again, no, let them know, that's just too much information. Well, it's good information. Daniel was not even one of the prophets, as far as they were concerned. Daniel didn't qualify. <laughs> Daniel was classified with Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Those are the places, that's where they put um, a person like Daniel. Now, but when they will refer to that, so you see, people like um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you understand? Um, Habakkuk. Nahum, give me names now. Joel, Ezekiel. How can I forget Ezekiel? You understand? <laughs> Malachi, uh, Apostle Kimote can never forget Malachi. He's a personal friend, you understand? Uh, people like Joel, Amos, Obadiah, you understand? Uh-huh. Those people had direct revelations from God and they constituted the canon of scriptures that the Jews compiled. Do you understand? And they were called the oracles of God. Do you get my point? To the nation of Israel, Paul said, was committed the oracles of God. Those are the things that the men had and they referred to as the scriptures. Do you follow? So when they will be, when they will be reading, that was what they read. The only difference between them and the other Jews was that they read them, they read those things as they were taught by the Lord Jesus. Do you follow my point? They used the experience of Jesus 
to interpret those things. You read from that Luke chapter 24. Jesus came down, and I mean, that's just one experience. He was with them for 40 days. For many weeks, he was with them, and he was teaching them the Bible. You understand? He took Genesis and showed them Genesis. They will come for meetings, and the resurrection of Jesus will appear, and he'll begin to show them the things that his, his coming meant, his death meant, the things that those things meant. He showed them a lot of things. He showed them a lot of things. And the Holy Spirit came afterwards and continued to show them more things. You understand? Now, so by the time Jesus was showing them all of this, where was Paul? He was still persecuting somebody. Are you getting my point? You know, Paul never met Jesus. I think he traveled. He didn't come down to that region when all those things were happening. He had gone to school. He was in boarding house. He went abroad for his master's in Judeology. He wasn't there. Now, but for him to qualify to write... Jesus had to appear to him and give him his own revelation. His own revelation was different. It was different. It was a different type. When Paul finished, with everything that Jesus taught them, when Paul finished writing, Peter already said some things here I had. Paul was prepared for that thing. Paul wrote a lot of things, was prepared for it, had a lot of knowledge of the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. So by the time Jesus came and gave him the key to interpreting it, oh, my father, he had a different level of interpretation. There were things that Jesus couldn't tell Peter. Peter just wouldn't listen. It took Paul to come and explain those things. The fact that there was no longer any difference between Jews and Gentiles, it required Paul to explain it. Peter could not, he couldn't relate with it. It was too difficult for him. It was Paul that God gave that revelation to, to be able to show it to people that now there is no difference between Jews and Gentiles. And he went around preaching that. And when he was going to make a mistake, okay, to give people an impression as if there was still a difference, God took him and put him in prison. All right? That's what God just did to him. Just took him and put him in prison. That's what happened to Paul. So you understand that, see, these people, what, what, what people call the Old Testament, was their Bible. That's what I'm going to explain. And the difference is just that they had the understanding of Christ Jesus to use that to interpret the things that were written inside there. So the gospel was not first of all preached by Peter, James, and John, and co. It was first preached by the prophets. Let's bear it in mind. Now, why I'm saying this is that, you see, we've been talking about the fact that help is in the word of God. That God has packaged everything that will ever need, every single thing inside the scriptures. The statement you hear some of our faith teachers say once in a while, please just drop that, some of the mistakes we made those early days. They say that the New Testament was written to Christians and the, what the so-called Old Testament was written to Jews. It's not so. We have seen it now that when those things were being written, let's go back there, First Peter chapter 1, we're written just now. The Bible says that, that the prophets, verse 10, were prophesying concerning the salvation that was supposed to come to you. They were prophesying concerning the grace of God to, re, to be released into your life so as to bring forth God's salvation. And when they were prophesying, they were saying things they did not understand. So in verse 11, it says that they began to seek to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating. Now notice this, they predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Now, Peter is telling us here, as Jesus had taught him, that it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but we believers. Do you understand that? That's in verse 12. They were not serving themselves, but they were serving us believers in Christ Jesus. And that gospel that they were serving us concerning, it was as not, it's what has not been announced to us. So when, the, when Isaiah was prophesying and saying, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Speak kindly to Jerusalem. Say to her that her warfare has ended. 
when he was saying that, he was wondering, who am I talking to? So he looked around to Jerusalem and said, this Jerusalem, the Spirit of Christ said, no, no. It's not this Jerusalem you can see. Do you understand? He said, who am I talking about? He said, don't worry about it. Okay? The people will come who are we call Jerusalem. The people will come who are we call my people. The people will come who are we give the name my people to. And I'm telling you ahead, write for them. Comfort ye. Be comforted. Be comforted, my people. Say, speak kindly to Jerusalem. Say to her that her warfare has been accomplished. Say to her that God has forgiven her. Say to her that God has put an end to all her struggles. Who am I talking about? The Jerusalem now? He said, no, they are coming later. And the Bible is telling us now that these are the things that Isaiah wanted to understand. But God said, don't worry, Isaiah. You will see it later when it will happen. You understand? In fact, I like one thing that um, um, Neville Johnson said, that you see, that those old-time prophets, like, you know, John would tell you that an angel took me here, took me and showed me this. He said that angel was not the typical angel you and I know, but that it's one of the old-time prophets that took John on a tour and showed him things that were going to happen. He said, how do we know? He said, when he wanted to bow down to worship him, he told him that I'm one of your fellow servants. He explained to him, you understand, I'm one of your fellows. So these people, God told them, wait, a time will come, you will see these things happen. I'm convinced there are things that are happening right now that people like Jeremiah are excited about. When suddenly they look down from heaven and they see what is happening on the earth and they see people of God. Now, listen, this is very important. They see the people of God take the salvation of God that's been prepared that was given to Jeremiah to prophesy. If anytime somebody takes it and uses that word to get deliverance, I just assume one angel will tell Jeremiah, come. Come and look. Remember that time you said this? said, that is it that is happening over there. See that young man? See that young woman? Do you know what's taking the person out of that bondage into this deliverance? Because you spoke like this. There are times you will take somebody sick and you will go to Isaiah 53 and take that. Those scriptures will be reading again and again concerning divine health. And somebody will meditate on it for days and he will start recovering and will start getting well. Where, where Isaiah has gone on a tour of... Um, give me one galaxy somewhere. <laughs> And angel will tell you, come back, come, come quickly back to Milky Way. And he will zoom back, say, come, look down here. This young man was going to die. But somebody took the book of, guess who? Isaiah will say, oh, the book of Isaiah. And they gave to him. With the revelation of Jesus, he understood it. And now he's up and he's about and he's well. He's not dying anymore. Isaiah will get excited. He said, let's go back and prophesy some more. And they tell you, no, don't worry. The one you have, the one you prophesied is too much. It's loaded. Yeah, are you getting my point? That's what we began to look at last time. Because I want, to, I want us to understand that help is in the word of God. That's where it is. No, you know, I like what the pastor you said does this. That if you read, um, if you read um, the law, you go through the law. If the Lord opens your eyes, inside you will, you will just be seeing Christ Jesus everywhere. You'll be seeing Christ Jesus. You won't be seeing laws. You'll be seeing Christ Jesus. That's what you'll be seeing. You won't be seeing laws. Thou shalt not do that. No, what you just be seeing is the loving face of God. Do you get my point? You know, I, I, I mean, reading from the scriptures, I've seen a few things just to show you the character of God. Just show you the character of God. The, one, a few examples I've given. You see laws given to Israel. Let, no, 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 let me, I want to digress a bit. Sometimes when we look at this, um, the law of tithes and giving to Israel, people take it and become legalistic. It's unfortunate because they, by doing that, they don't understand the revelation of the character of God has been shown to us. If you were to look at it, you know that no, you can't be legalistic. You can't be legalistic about it. You just see the disposition of God in a different dimension. 
If you look at it very closely. I gave another example. You know, God told them that don't have it to the corners of your field. There's a way we practice it. Like I was in Potaka, I was telling them that day. I said, listen, you, you bought a car brand. You've driven it for some years. Now You now want to sell it. God forbid, in quotes, it's not a commandment, understanding. Forbids you from selling it from the full value when you are not broke. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. Say, well, you know, you've driven a car. You bought it. It was new. Very, very new. You've driven it for three years, four years. Now, God has lifted you. You're about to move to another level. You now want to sell it for the full value. And you're not broke. Your wife is not sick. There's no special need. Even if there was a special need, that's when you learn how to really, really give, you know, sacrificially. We read the scriptures from that God forbids us from getting the full value for it. Say, oh, I can sell it for 1.5 million. God said, why should you sell it for 1.5 million? Just for the fact that you can So now say, okay, what do I do? Say, listen, make, make somebody roll on the ground in the house and praise God now. Say, well, there's a young man you know. He always wanted a car like this, but he can't, he can't buy it. He can't maintain it, but he can't buy it. Say, what do you do? Sell it to him for half the price. We learned that from the principle of a gleaning. We learn that from the principle that says don't harvest the corners of your field. We learn that from just seeing that God said when you're harvesting, don't go over the same spot twice. That is, don't rake every profit in it. Hey, waiting. <laughs> so we'll go fight. That is, when you see them fighting for 10 naira, you'll be wondering, is it not this 10 naira? You're getting the point? These are the principles. We just learned this inspired just from reading the laws that God gave Israel. You know, God gave them some funny laws. If you find the, the, the goat of your enemy inside the pit, don't talk to the man, no, but bring out the goat. Then tie it where you find it. Where you find it. You see the character of God. That's love. Showing us how to love even our so-called enemies. Once my wife had a quarrel in quotes. One guy did us very, very bad. Horrible. The guy is a wicked soul. You know, there are Christians you just see. That the kind of people that when they are coming this way, you go this way. In the obedience of the word of Paul. Don't be associated with such people. No. There are Christians like that. When they tell you good morning, before you answer, you open your curtain, look. Okay, the sun is out. <laughs> good morning. Because they can tell you good morning when the sun is setting. And they want you to deceive you. This one guy like that. Anyway, did bad. So next time, <laughs> my wife went to church and saw his wife. I'm not talking to you kind of thing. But looked, 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 and called somebody, said, I want to dash that woman money. But I'm not talking to her. So please, tell her the Holy Spirit gave you money to give her. <laughs> she didn't use the Holy Spirit, but that's what she did. Carry some money, give you some. That other one said, ah, how now? Long time. I just in my spirit to dash you money. Give her the money. Thank you. Let's go. You will never find out who did that. That is how God expects you to love and quote your enemies. Not die by fire. Everybody that's against my destiny. Have you heard that prayer before? This is very serious. I fly. I jam them. You know, we start learning. You start learning the character of God by reading scriptures. We start learning it. We start seeing things that are beyond just the letters. You find Jesus in the sacrifices. Every time you see those sacrifices, the, the, you know, the heave offering, the sin offering, trespass offering, you know, the whole burnt offering, you are seeing Jesus in all of them. That's the way it works. You are seeing Jesus in all of them. That's how we look. So for those people, that was the Bible they had. But because they knew Jesus, they were able to interpret it. 
They could read the book of Isaiah from chapter 1, all right, all the way to chapter 66. They are there. And they are seeing everything about Jesus Christ in the book of Isaiah. You are getting my point? Now, beyond Jesus now, they start saying things about your life and my life in that book. You open the book, the prophets have prophesied concerning everything you and I are going through in life. They have. You know, this morning, my children and I were reading. And you know the interesting part? We, we started reading yesterday. We read them, Jeremiah chapter 1. And we put, put out a few lessons again. Even to young people, I said, listen, there are times you look, you look like you can't, it looks like you can't do something. So instead of you waking up and saying that, you know I don't know math. You know I don't know this. We just read that God said to Jeremiah, do not say I am a youth. So it's possible in life for us to have challenges that look too difficult all right, for us to be able to handle. But God says simply through Jeremiah, do not say I can't. You look for that and you see what what's Jeremiah saying. Jeremiah, he said to Jeremiah, just find out what God has said. Put it, he said, Lord, I've put my words upon your lips. It's not your effort you use to succeed or to get results or to do ministry. Find out what to say. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That's what he said. Find out what to say. What is the word that has been placed upon your lips? You take the word, and it's the word that gets results. It's not you. Poor plants. Apollo's waters, it is God that gives the increase. It's not Paul. But Paul will never see the results if he doesn't plant. The seed is what? So what's Paul supposed to plant? The word of God. He said, Apollo's water, what is the water? He said, that you might wash out with the washing of what? Water, how? By the word. It's when they have planted the right things that will start getting the right results. And that's what I'm teaching believers again this day. When we, look at, when we looked at that um, two chapters in Revelations, the letters of the churches, I said something that the, what the Lord is saying to the church of today is, go and learn. There's too much ignorance, too much stupidity in the society amongst Christians. Spiritual warfare for believers is not all our enemies. And when you, when you take Christians to pray, when they say all their enemies about national problems, so. They can see the enemy. The enemy has a staff across his neck and is following Malu. And is carrying a gun under his agbada. And they call him what? Fulani Hezman. So as he's praying, in the name of Jesus, all my enemies die. They just start believing nonsense. They now send him a, ch- a chat that Fulani men have poisoned all the cows coming to the east. Can I digress? There are things you hear adults believe. <laughs> and you want to get up and beat the adults with a cane. Then you kneel down there, put up your two hands, and face the wall. <laughs> I tell you, I say, obviously you don't know a fool anymore. You don't know him. He loves his cow more than he hates you. <laughs> I don't know whether you get the point. The intensity of the love for his cow is much more than the hatred he can have for you. He won't risk the life of his cow to poison it. So that when you buy the dead one, you will not die. No. Like, like, trust me, he won't do that. Sometimes when you hear the kind of adults believe it, you just be wondering, say, what on earth? No, let's not sit on that. But what, you know what people start believing all of those things? They don't read their Bible. 
They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't. If they did, they will you know the Bible says, He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Why do the hidden rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. I believe that scripture so much. When you tell me that they are pushing Nigeria into OIC, I said, Does it don't do me anything? Like somebody said, Why are you worried about Islamization? What is your own Christianization agenda? That's why it should be disturbing you, not the Islamic agenda. Islamic agenda is only a problem to those do, that do not have a Christian agenda. They don't have, they have a run back agenda. Build the house in the village and fence it around agenda. Yes. Have your children in Europe agenda. So that when Nigeria is scattered, they can go to Europe that has already scattered agenda. So go have your children in America so you can be safe. Stupidity. Do you know the way that we shoot everybody? If people say, go home and just, he went and rented hotel room high up. So I should tell everybody who's dancing down there. <laughs> killed 58, injured over 200. Yes. Yeah. He killed 58 and injured over 200. Before he finally managed to die, whether the police kill him or he comes there, we don't know. This last one, a few days, he would just carry the gun, enter the church, kill 24 people. He tell me their safety. Tell me their safety. The rubbish safety is that. My friend lives in Houston. told me, he said, hey, Banky, I don't go to anybody's household. <laughs> he said, I don't want anybody to shoot me in the face. <laughs> yes, every household has a gun. I used to think guns were expensive. I found out today that it's $200. Assault rifle, $1,500. Cheaper than a MacBook. Yes, no, BBC, I was reading today. Compared, you want to buy a computer, you want to buy an assault rifle. Choose one, the same price. So my friend said, listen, I don't go to anybody's house. No, I stay in my house. There's one girl that you know how, how, how she got killed. She, made, she was drunk, so she, she went to the wrong house and knocked on the door. The owner of the house fired. That's, that's how his own way of coming. Pick the, open the girl's face for her. Okay, I can go to court later and be asking, why did he shoot? To not make it worse, in many of the states, they have what they call stand your ground law. Which means if it's your house, shoot anybody. They don't care. But if you charge at me, I have a right not to shift. And I kill you. So why did you kill him? I'm standing my ground. So when the young man comes at you with fist, you stand your ground with a bullet. Yes. He charges at you in a public park. You got there on the bench first. He shows the old man what you're doing here. You pull a gun, pull and stand your ground. Police comes, what happened? Say, I was standing my ground, man. <laughs> and somebody tells me somewhere is safe. No, nowhere is safe. Only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Safety is of the Lord. Safety is of the Lord. Safety is of the Lord. Some can trust in chariots and horses and visas and passports. Or trust is in the name of our God. People don't have Christianization agenda. That's the only agenda they have. Hide and go and hide agenda. Then when the Muslims are moving their own agenda, they start complaining. Everybody has a right to his own agenda. Barack Obama had to fill the world with iniquity agenda. Didn't you know that? Barack Obama. His agenda was fill the world with iniquity. Strangle the Africans if they don't legalize homosexual marriages. That was the agenda. 
dash them free abortion if they don't want it. It's called sacrifice to Molech. And that's why when Christians prayed, Hillary Clinton could not win. Because according to <laughs> Neville Johnson, American Christians pray. Otherwise, you'll be ruled by a witch. So God had mercy on the on America and the world. And give them one Ubujo Mota. <laughs> what they call Ubujo Mota? Area Father. <laughs> I'm telling you. They got day one. They, they want, as soon as he started in office, he said, henceforth, we are not sponsoring abortion anywhere. Buzza. So as for those of you who don't know whether you are male or female, when your father gave birth to you. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know Barack Obama had insisted, the guy was exporting everything. He, do you know he actually wrote an executive order that children in school should be allowed to use the bathroom of their gender identity. You know what that means? It means that if you are a man, a young man, you are 14, you wake up and say, my name, I'm a girl. When you go to the bathroom, you go to the female section. And Barack Obama wrote a law, wrote an, wrote an executive order, making it compulsory for you to respect that mental madness. That's why no matter the rubbish Donald Trump does, this guy is a supporter. <laughs> yeah, this guy is a supporter. I know that just by the way. So I'm just talking about agendas. Okay? So, if we, when we don't read our Bible, we become afraid. That's the point I'm trying to make. Of all kinds of agendas. But if we read the scriptures, we'll have known that our defender is strong. We'll have known. We'll have known that, the, that greater is he that is in us than he that is in them. We'll have known. We'll not have been afraid. We'll not have had this um, uh, grasshopper mentality that's always afraid of every little thing. You know, until sometimes we will not become silly. You know, we, the people are looking at us as, as enemy, enemies of progress because we are afraid. Even when people legitimately want to do what is good, fear, the grasshopper mentality because we don't read our Bibles. We don't read it. If we read it, we will have known that no matter that even if four armies gathered against Israel, Judah alone, God is able to rouse them. We will have known that. For that reason, we will not have been afraid. We will not have been afraid. We'll have realized that when people start saying things, you know, that Nigeria will break, you know that these are not predictions, they are warfare words. They're not predictions. They are words, words of warfare. You will have known that our duty is to get up and do what? Fight back with more powerful words. That's what we'll have understood. We'll have gotten up and said, no, we have a duty that these people are saying these things. They are not honest words. They are warfare words. They are fighting. They are trying to break everything, scatter us, turn us into refugees. That's what's going on. When CIA will tell you that they have their classified reports, say Nigeria will not exist beyond this particular level, and you know such breakups are not, they are not going to be easy. You know that those are words of warfare. They are accusations before the judgment throne of God, rising up. And Christians, when they don't realize, they now start siding with such things. They don't know that it's their duty to contribute faith, to say, no, it will not break. To be in the north and have money you want to buy land, buy it there, build it there, and stand in that house and say, Lord, it will not break. Not run to the village, build one in the village. Then join church vigil at night in the church made of plywood. And say, in the name of Jesus, it will not break. Because you don't believe anything. If you believed, buy land. If you believed, put foundation there. 
As I was in Sokoto, one of our brothers, I told you, showed me the massive amount of land he acquired, showed me what he wanted to do with it. He's from, the, he's from Western Nigeria. He and I talked. He said, this is how we are telling God that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So he said, sell your land and come down to this house. I heard people say before, Christians were Christians selling their land in Abuja. I said, even if you want to sell land in Abuja, Abuja is closed now. You should fight for that one. Are you getting my point? Yes, I think you should fight for. But we, make, we, we do such things because we don't realize that our defender is strong. That the one that's with us is greater than the one that's in the world. We don't realize it. The words of Isaiah. That's what I'm trying to explain, explain to us. The words of Jeremiah. The words of Moses. Inside them we find the, we find the salvation that God has prepared for his people. When he said, comfort you, comfort you, my people. He was talking to you. He was talking to me. When he said those things, speak kindly to Jerusalem. He wasn't talking about the physical Jerusalem. He was talking about you and he was talking about me. Are you getting my point here? When he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He was talking about you. He was talking about me. He wasn't just talking about the Lord Jesus. He was talking about everyone that is found in him. When he says, the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servant. He was talking about you. Because when you see the word his servant in the old, uh, under the law and the prophets, okay? And as you see those words, you will find out that the Lord is referring to the Lord Jesus. And I am saying that he was speaking concerning the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. But in that he was talking about the lives of those for whom God has prepared salvation in those words. So when I read that the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servant, I know he's talking about me. I like that one, Isaiah chapter 54, we read it last time. He said, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every mouth that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. He now ended by saying, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness or their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. You know he's talking about you. Are you getting my point here? He said, he said they were predicting, prophesying concerning the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It means, therefore, that sometimes... You find that the people of Christ actually have sufferings in their lives. It happens. It happens. In verse 11, it says, Seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It shows, therefore, that there are sufferings sometimes in their lives, but everyone will be followed by glory. I don't know whether you're getting the point here. Every single one is followed by glory. So what do we do when we're reading of sufferings in the Bible? Don't stay there. Look around. Say, what is the glory that's supposed to follow? I don't know whether you're getting the point. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Your life, listen, Jesus says something there, very important. That looked at that 24. There's something that Jesus did. In verse 27, he said, I'm beginning with Moses and with all the prophets. He explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. I want you to notice that. He explained things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And I want you to understand also, there is something concerning you in all the scriptures. I hope you're getting my point here. Straight from Genesis chapter 1. There is something concerning you in all, listen, in all the scriptures. That's how Christians pray. When we're talking about the other day, Psalm 119, the most important prayer. It is not about what I desire. It's about what he has promised. 
Are you getting my point? Genesis chapter 1, it tells us, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Is the, is the word of God. You know, do you get my point? He's describing something about my life. If I find barrenness in my life, things are not working the way they are supposed to work in whatever area, then I start looking and say, this child that will be born must not be normal. It cannot be a normal child. Read your Bible. Hannah gave birth to who? Zechariah gave birth to who? And, and, and his wife? John the Baptist. Give me another woman there. Um, Rachel and Leah gave birth to all those 12 boys who caused a lot of, you know. <laughs> they have children like Joseph. We thank God for their life. Judah was there, the grand, great, grand, grand, grandfather of Jesus Christ. Okay, but I'm talking about Rebecca. Thank you. Gave birth to Jacob and Esau. Thank you. Manoah and his wife produced Samson. The only woman in the Bible only one that escaped that principle was Michael. And that was because she despised the blessing of her husband. That was the only person. Abraham and Sarah. Produce who? No, not Isaac. All of you here. <laughs> Me and you. Are you getting my point? That's the way it works. It was predicting, prophesying concerning the sufferings of Christ and what? The glories to follow. That's the way it works. I like Peter Daniel's story. He's a businessman. Barnett is in his life. As an you know, you think say you think every Unibo man that knows book. He said he was 20-something. He said he was illiterate. White man. He couldn't, he couldn't read. He, he was hardly able to read. He went to school. But his teacher said that you are brain damaged. One teacher said, well, this is beyond damage. This is brain stupid. The teacher's name was Miss Phillips. He wrote a name, a book with her name. That Miss Phillips, you were wrong. Because he was so dull. He was very dull. He didn't know anything. Until he heard the gospel. Billy Graham was the one that preached to him. He gave his life to Christ and said, I'm a child of a king. He went back to learn how to read. The point in time, he kept dictionaries everywhere, getting to know the meaning of words. He read over 3,000 biographies, just trying to fill his mind with information. Why? Because he read the scriptures. We are understanding now he was in his sufferings. Don't think they just blows on all, all of a sudden, boom. No, he started three or four businesses, they all went bankrupt. He said, but he didn't believe in bankruptcy. He paid all his debts. He said, it was a Christian duty to pay everybody. Because bankruptcy allows you not to pay. But he made sure he paid. He will work and work and work. Get, get enough money to pay people back that he was owing money. Then one day, bam, the glories began to follow. All the powers fighting his destiny, they left him alone. <laughs> All those that said he will not prosper, they could not say it anymore. He didn't even know about them. He didn't worry about them one bit. He just settled down on God's word. And then one day he discovered that God had put a blessing for him in real estate. Let me tell you something about business. Just like it is not every country that's your own to stay in. 
You go to Moab. Wala fi bosto. You know who went to Moab? Naomi's husband. Elimelech. Naomi with uh, Malam and Shilon. They always have two sons, those people. <laughs> Ophni and Phinehas. Jacob and Esau. <laughs> I don't know why they only carry those two sons. By the time they finish in Moab, you know what in Moab do them? The spirit of Moab ate Elimelech. The mammy water spirit of Moab ate Shilon. And Malon dies because of Ogbanjis that were in Moab. When Naomi came back, she said, my name is no longer Naomi. It's Mara. That has given me bitter waters to drink. <laughs> it's not every country that's your own to stay in. Money shouldn't be pushing you up and down. In the same manner, it's not every business that's your own. It's not. You stumble in this one. You just watch. Sometimes you just, just sleep. Don't be angry. It doesn't mean you're accursed. Some say, I have near success syndrome. No, we invent things like Africans who believe in juju. Listen, every business in America has near success syndrome. The record is that, listen, nine out of ten of businesses collapse in the first ten, in five years. Of the surviving one out of ten, gather them together again, nine out of ten again will collapse in the next five years, meaning that 99 out of 100 collapse in the first ten years. Looking at Mark Zuckerberg, you think it's... <laughs> many Mark Zuckerbergs are sweeping gutter. They, they write code, they write die. <laughs> they write code, they write die. Nothing happened. So don't just that once I can write a code, I go blue. Go Lagos. Boys, they write every day. <laughs> I'm telling you, they are Lagos there. When Mark Zuckerberg reached there, he opened mouth. Say, my God. See, boys. <laughs> It's not a near success syndrome that's the issue. Everybody has it. Yeah. I want you to understand that. So don't think that uh, you don't feel so special. Witches are pursuing me. Witches too, they have problems. <laughs> <laughs> they have witches I have not eaten. You say you go pursue person. You say, well, man, never chop pursue. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is good. Listen, that man, three or four businesses, I'm not sure, went down. And he located the one that his blessing was in. He became so rich. He became very rich. His children don't know the meaning of the word poverty. They literally carry literal gold in their briefcases when they are moving. Physical gold. Oh, they are too wealthy. They are too wealthy. There's a man I told that he consulted for a company for 10 minutes. And his fee was $1 million. First day we heard Vladro to say he got paid $1 million a day. Ah! We're like, What? What? You go preach January to December. They don't even give you one million a year. My father did it to a thousand. Everybody was like, what? Ah, eyes popped open. Boys began to fine-tune their presentation pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Boys don't present, present. Nobody's paying them anything. In the end. <laughs> <laughs> this is one million dollars for ten minutes. One million dollars. It was ten minutes. One million dollars. And when they did what he said, they made a hundred million dollars. 
So don't think he was scheming them, was scamming them. When they did what he said, they made $100 million. That was a man who was illiterate in his 20s. Who had three or four businesses that collapsed totally. They asked his wife, I watched the interview. What did you think all those years? He said, I don't know. He just said it was be, it would be all right. And I believed him. That was the only thing she had to say. That he said it would be all right. And I believed him. He didn't go for deliverance. So. <laughs> there was no deliverance. There was no deliverance. I like the story this man told. Demon Shakarian concerning his, I think it was his father, or his grandfather, one of them. So it's not every business that's your own. It's not every season that's your own. You bring forth fruit in your own season. Your life is not written according to the, the gospel by, by Mark Zuckerberg. I will be deceiving you that you see, if you know, you're supposed to have hit it by the time you are 30. Go and ask Moses. Ask John the Baptist. At the age of 39, they come out in head. He hit it big. <laughs> His head was gone. <laughs> Nobody's agenda is your own. Nobody's race is your race. Mary Kay Ash, that the whole, I mean, now if a woman wears Mary Kay now, she's proud of it. Mary Kay Ash did not start that business until she had retired. But in her season, she made many women. Let's not even talk about her. Mike Murdoch estimated her wealth in billions. Demo Shakaran said the father was going around. Was he his father's grandfather now? Anyway, not him himself. I his father's grandfather. Laboring and laboring and laboring. Went to a leather factory. The leather was killing him. He was inhaling the dust from it, and he was having a problem with his lungs. So he came to church, and the elders began to pray. They gathered and prayed. You know, please read my book, Guided by the Spirit. People say you can't fleece God. You can't. I said, there's no serious... People say that God only speaks to you through your spirit. I don't know. God speaks to you through any way. He can use a dog to talk to you if necessary. You go to a company, you're not supposed to go. You will go and chase a woman where you're not supposed to chase. They will buy a Rottweiler because of you. When Rottweiler back three times, you don't hear the spirit. It will bite you once. Then you will know that God said, don't come here again. <laughs> He speaks different ways. And he says, when you are persecuted in one city, what do you do? Lead to the next. Been chasing one woman for three years. Your head is not correct. And there are three women next door waiting. <laughs> three years. What's her name? Rachel. <laughs> you soon get Leah the way you are going. Three years. What is it? When will you fulfill your destiny? If you spend three years pursuing one woman. <laughs> the Lord is good. Let me not go near. I was, because I have revelation in that area. Abundant revelation. If I start talking. Ah, the Lord is good. Let me not go. Let me just go. Let me just sit on my message. The Lord is good. No, no. I don't know. I should go small. I should go small. The Lord is good. Listen. This, God speaks different to me. That's what, that's what I say. Please read my book, Guided by the Spirit. It's not methods. How God speaks is not about methods. He speaks. One, he transforms our hearts. He talks whichever way he has to the person whose heart is right towards him. 
That's the most important thing. It's purifying your hearts, cleaning your hearts out. That's most important. It can use any method. People say God does not, Christians don't fleece in the New Testament. I wrote in the book, I don't believe that. We don't start with fleecing, but God does different, it works different ways. But these people went to church. I told the story in the book, Guided by the Spirit. I think I did. I'm not very certain now. Just realized that. They finished praying. They closed their Bible like this. Opened it and put a finger somewhere. Can you believe that? They prayed and prayed and prayed, spoke in tongues, did everything, did all the gyrations of the spirit. Ho, 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 Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. Open the Bible like this, do like this. What they found is that blessed are thou in the field. That's what they heard. They said, the Lord said, you are blessed in the produce of the field. The man resigned from there and started selling vegetables. The elders prayed, opened the Bible, closed their eye, put a finger somewhere. And they read that portion that says, Blessed are thou in the field. And they said, What are you doing inside that factory? You're supposed to be in the field. The man said, Farming and the produce thereof is my portion. He went and started selling vegetables. So they had the idea that, listen, in the cities they get, you know, stale vegetables. That he could ride down to the countryside, get the vegetables fresh, and deliver door to door every morning. And they got some people that to subscribe to that model. And he began to sell vegetables. Then one day he found out that ah, ah, milk is like that too. He went to milk. He said, ah, why buy milk when I can produce milk? He started his own dairy farm. That's how one, at the point in time he counted his cattle. They were one million in number. Are, are you getting my point here? That's how God blessed him to an extent. But what I'm trying to say is that there were sufferings at a time. Then glories followed. And that's my teaching for today. No matter the sufferings of today, there's glory where? In front. We've been made up for a night. Joy comes in the morning. These things were recorded for you. They were recorded because of Christ Jesus. Even when they were beating and killing him, glories had to follow. Even when they were burying him, the angel said, no, it's written. Glory will follow. He had to rise up again from the dead. I hope you're getting my point here. Listen, this, this book is a description of your life. Read it regularly. God will close your eyes to the ones that don't concern you, and the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to the ones that are your portion. Can you believe that a man just, ah, who has not read blessed that shall you be in the field before? In his own case, what happened? It was literal. Go to the field. The man began to sell vegetables. From there, the Holy Spirit led him to different things until he became an established dairy farmer. I know what they are found about fruitfulness and multiplication. Multiplication is interesting. You have to be careful not to even multiply too much sometimes. Because when you reach a level, you hear Dangote, Dangote, you think it's every time Dangote. Sometimes people just use Dangote, they just use Dangote's name to do business. Say, so we are coming to Nigeria, please. We have, we have $1.5 billion. Where do we go? The only person they know is the one they've been hearing. Dan- they will go and meet him. Okay? Look, I want to do. You hear that? You now hear that Dangote invested in this. He didn't invest nothing. Some men came and said, let us invest in this. They will say, join us. We have this amount of money. He go, look, add small money, join. He put it under his name. Everybody feels safe. That's it. It's called season of what? Multiplication. So the story of Mary Kay, we know her for cosmetics. She was using bucket to collect money. From oil, but you wouldn't know. Business she does not attend to, they'll come at the end of the month, say, Ma, 
$100,000. Okay, put it there. What am I going to explain here? There was a season of what? Suffering. There was followed by what? Glories to come. There's always glory following the life of the believer. What you need to do is read this, read this book. It's a description of your life. It's a description of your life. When God is speaking to Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. So my name is Jeremiah right now. Banky, before you were born, I knew you. I consecrated you to be what? He looks. Suddenly you realize that, no, your own is not prophet. And that scripture jumps. Say, behold. You know, he said that I will give them pastors after my heart. We feed them with knowledge and with understanding. So I like to teach. Good. That's the description of your life. You start reading things that have to do with that. And your life starts following that pattern in the scriptures. If the Lord opens your eyes, there is nothing you will enter into tomorrow that is not written here today. I hope you are getting my point here. My emphasis for today. Yes, sufferings happen. But there's, there's always what? Glories to follow. Let's rise to our feet. Let us pray. Sufferings happen. But there's always what? Glories to follow. Sufferings happen. That's, it. That's how it is. Sufferings happen. But glories will always follow. This is I've been recording the scripture. Any t- take the book of Psalms, beautiful book. Anytime you see sufferings, just read for that down. Glory did there. He's waiting. And that's what your prayer now is. People like to pray, desire, wish, you know, self uh, that is thoughts that they came up with by themselves. No. What God is confirming in your life and in mind is what He has spoken. I hope you're getting my point here. What God is confirming in your life and in mind. Is that which he has spoken. Let's open our Bible. Just like, let's read that one again. The one we read last, last time. Isaiah chapter 54. We read 53 the other time. And last time we now read 54. Now today I am going to read. To us to save time. I'll read from verse 1. I want to read everything. I'll read verse 1. You will read verse 2. And then we'll read verse 17 together. Alright. It says. Shout for joy, O barren one. You who have born no child, break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, spare not, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. Say say amen. Amen. And your descendants will possess nations. And they will resettle the desolate cities. Amen. Verse 4. Fear not, for you will not be put to shame. Neither feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and the reproach of your widowhood will you remember no more. Amen? amen? You will forget the shame of your youth. Somebody say amen. amen. Sometimes I've seen people, some of our friends, they will tell stories. You know? In fact, two of them will tell you that I, I, I used to hawk this for my mother. I used to hug this for my, you know, for my mom. You know, things like that. And he said, two people have in mind, and when they are saying things like that, sometimes you call them, sorry, I can't pick your call. I'm in, I'm in UK. The, the countries they have gone to all over the world. If you, if you tell their children, your father used to hug something, your mother used to hug something, you think it's a joke. Are you getting my point? It's called what? Forgetting the shame of your youth. Somebody listening to me this evening, you will forget the shame of your youth in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes you will remember something, you just start laughing. You will say, there was a time we had to pray to eat food. 
Now you are praying not to eat. You know the kind of thing. I believe God, my, my weight is 110. I'm reducing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Start prophesying about food to leave you alone. That will happen to somebody this evening in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's the word of God. Though. That's how Christians read it. It's the word of God. Say, so don't feel humiliated. Don't let anything disturb you. And he's writing to people that have not yet experienced deliverance. He said, don't feel what? Humiliated. The Lord is good. All right, let's continue reading. He said, for your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. Verse 6. For the Lord has called you like a wife forsaken and grieving spirit, even like a wife of one's youth when she's rejected. Says your God. Let me just explain something here. Of course, when you read the scriptures, you have to know how to decode some things. When he's talking about widow here, talking about um, and orphans and stuff like that here, he's talking about your husband is your maker. Now, what he was talking about is somebody, in verse 4, he's talking about the reproach of your widowhood. Now, when the expression widowhood is used, it's referring to somebody that doesn't have help. That's what it was used for. Because then, as a widow, you didn't have a husband, you didn't have, and in this context, you didn't have grown-up children who could stand up for you. That's what he was talking about. So it can apply to anybody, man or woman. Anybody that feels like there is nobody to help me, I don't have help. That's what he's talking about. He says, such times your help is from the Lord. That's what he was saying. Say, your husband is your maker. Now in verse 6 he says, now we are reading verse 6 together, right? No, who's reading verse 6? Okay, I've read 6. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm reading 7. He said, for a moment, for a brief moment I forsook you. But with great compassion, I will gather you. Verse 8. In an outburst of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting loving kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. For this is like the days of Noah to me, when I swore that the waters of Noah should not flood the earth again. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor will I rebuke you. Verse 10. For the mountains may be removed, and the hills may shake. But my loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Verse 11, it says, O afflicted one, storm-tossed, that is troubles, pushing you up and down, and not comforted. Things are not working well. Behold, I will set your stones in antimony, and your foundations I will lay in sapphires. Verse 12. Moreover, I will make your battlements of rubies, and your gates of crystal. And your entire walls of precious stones. And all your sons will be taught of the Lord. And the well-being of your sons will be great. Verse 14. In righteousness you will be established. And you will be far from oppression. For you will not fear. And from terror. For it will not come near you. Please read verse 14 again. And I'll put I there. In righteousness I will be established. I will be far from oppression. For I will not fear. I'm from terror, for it will not come near me. Please read it again. In righteousness, I will be established. And I will be far from oppression, for I will not fear. I'm from terror, for it will not come near me. So if anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. Whoever assails you will fall because of you. Say me if you believe that. Verse 16 says, Behold, I myself have created a smith who blows the fire of coals. 
and brings out a weapon for its work. And I have created the destroyer to ruin. Let's read 17 together. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, says the Lord. Now I want you to read verse 17 and put I there now. One, two, let's go. No weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper, and every tongue that accuses me in judgment I will condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my vindication is from him, says the Lord. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe this, say amen. amen. If you believe this word, say amen. amen. What I'm saying here again, we'll read verse, uh, maybe chapter 55 next time, but today let's just stop here. What I'm bringing out here is everything that is spoken here, everything that you have read is comfort. It's comfort that God has given to the people of God. If you see, he started this whole segment from chapter 40. When he began saying, comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem. And call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hands double for all her sins. That's when this segment of Isaiah began. You know, Isaiah has two, is in two segments. The first one ends in chapter 39, and this one begins, that the second segment began from um, chapter 40. So what God is doing is giving us words of comfort in the time of our troubles, words of comfort. If I feel so strongly about it, that that's the word the Lord wants to give people today. People who, are, who, are, who think that there's trouble in their lives. You understand my point? I want you to know that the Bible says that the sufferings of Christ. People of Christ go through trials. They go through tribulations. That's just the way it is. But one thing he said is that what? Glories will follow. Are you getting my point? Glories will follow. Glories will follow. I said glories will follow. And this interesting part the Bible talks about the sufferings of Christ and there's glories to follow. And I'm explaining that the glory does not just recover your previous state for you. It doesn't just do that. It doesn't just do that. The glory of the latter house is always greater than that of the former. Are you getting my point here? When Job recovered, Job did not recover to the same level where he was before. God recovered, restored what? Double to him. Are you getting my point? And I'm telling somebody listening to me this evening, you came here, you've been st- storm-tossed, and not comforted. That's what the Bible says. Let me go back there. Verse 11. Say, O afflicted one, storm tossed and not comforted. No one's been storm tossed. I mean, they've been driving you from pillar to post. You don't go interview, you don't die. <laughs> Are you getting my point? That's storm tossed. Oh, come over here, we'll help you. You get there. Where's the man that's supposed to help? You don't close shop. You two need help now. You go back to the other end where you're coming from. It's called storm tossed. Not comforted. You now went to church where they tell you that all your enemies don't want you to prosper. This is the sense of your youth that's catching up with you. They have removed all the comfort. And then suddenly, you know, Satan will now remind you that what happened to your father, he will know. Your uncle, who died last week, that's what the man struggle, he struggle. He struggle, struggle, struggle. Father, he died last week. You know, by the time Satan reminds of all the bad, bad things around you, <laughs> one day one of our brothers told me a story. He said one day that he sat with his friends. By the time they finished analyzing the situation of Nigeria, he started crying. He didn't know he started crying. <laughs> he started crying. He said, no, do you understand my point? Young man just left school. He just started crying. 
And I can imagine, I'm just trying to imagine why he cried. So just look back. I say, ah, NYSE. Now my suffering continues. And that's when people say NYSE. Now your suffering continues. He just looked. He said he looked that day. He started crying. He didn't want to start crying. By the time Satan sits down and tells you all the troubles of your life, you just start weeping. But God comforted him. I said God comforted him. They are not just telling you now he dashed his father a car and built a house and father, this is your own. And give the man the keys. He used to hawk. That's why if he buys things from people who are hawking, it's just normal with him. You tell him every price of everything, 200 naira, he gives him 1,000 and drives off. He has hawked before. Can you explain? Everything, 200 naira, he gives him 1,000 and drives off. He said, let me make you happy. I hope you are getting my point here. Now, if you are here this, this evening like that, I'm so strong about that because that's that how this word came to my mind. I just said this was what I was supposed to preach this evening. I came to tell you there is glory to follow. Amen. The Bible talks about the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Amen. Glories will follow your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't have anything to say more than that. that this is the word of God. Your weeping may have endured for a night or is still enduring for a night. But hear God's word. The Lord says, joy will come in your morning. Amen. You know, you will be so joyful, you start wondering, why was I even crying? It's as if the joy will spill and overflow into the past. Amen. It will become difficult for you to even remember how painful the past was. Amen. That is your word for this evening. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, I was telling the story earlier. So we painted all the gloom of the society. Peter Daniel's brother was telling the story. Peter Daniel said that he had more uncles in prison than out of prison. So talking about ancestral curse, he had it. His uncles were going to jail regularly. They were criminals. They were the low lives. Those people that they bonded on the ships from Europe, from England, and sent over to Australia. He's a descendant of prisoners. Was a descendant of prisoners. So I had more uncles in prison. Than out of prison. Those are the kind of people that God blesses. Are you getting my point here? And I just feel like telling somebody this evening like that. The God of Peter Daniel is your God. He will wipe away all your tears. He will confirm the word of the scriptures. That says that there is sufferings of Christ. And there is glories to follow. I prophesy those glories on you this evening. In the name of Jesus. Where you cried before. You will stand on the same spot. And you will laugh. Amen. You know, can I get into the story? When he was on the deathbed, his grandfather had to move houses. So they put him in the... He was the last person to be moved. So they got an ambulance. And the ambulance driver said, well, maybe you have not been out. I heard you've not been in bed for a long time. So he took him, took him on a drive around town. Just showed him the town again. And the, the devil said to him in simple terms, look, this is your last time you will see it. There is still the devil, no. I'm coming back here. One day, let's make a long story short, a boy that was supposed to die, he stood again in the center of that town. I said, devil, I told you I am going to come back here. I hope you're getting my point here. Listen, no matter how dark the prospect looks, I'm telling you, the same place where you cried, you will stand there and you will rejoice. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. To fulfill the word of the Lord, 
that the prophets have prophesied of the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Amen. I prophesy glory to you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Where pain, affliction held you down, health, superabundant vitality will keep you up there in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Where you were so broke, you are afraid to walk past, there you will stand and be handing out money to people. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me summarize like this. The glory of God will be seen upon you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you are blessed, just lift your hands and begin to give the Lord thanks for the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. For the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Just give thanks. Give thanks for where you are right now. And begin to laugh because glory will follow. <laughs> glory will follow. Glory will follow. God has to tell a different story from every family. And he has chosen you to tell that story in your life. He has chosen you to tell that story in your life. Peter Daniels became a teacher of righteousness to the whole country. He was known for teaching that morality is business. That refusing to steal is what good business is. Telling the truth when you are doing business is what good business is. This is a man whose relatives were mostly in prison. God would tell a story from every family. God has chosen you to tell a story. You are down today. It's because he has to tell his story. It has to be complete. You have to be lifted only by a manifestation of his spirit. The favor must come from him alone, not from anybody. There are people that God says, enough of looking for people to help you. Your help comes from the Lord. The maker of the heavens and the earth is your God, is your husband. Enough of help from people looking for it. There are numbers you need to delete as an offering unto the Lord. It causes the sacrifice of praise, TDJX. And these are things you just do just to show that God, you are the only one I trust in. There are things you just do. It will look stupid and crazy. But why are you doing it? You just want to show that only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Nebo has bowed down. Bear stoops over. All the gods of the people have fallen down. In your life, it has to be shown. In your life, it will be proven. God will demonstrate it in your life. Give thanks this evening. God receive that glory. It's about to manifest in some people's lives. The glory of God will be seen upon you. He say, arise, shine. Your light has come. When the word of God comes like that, it's light. Light, light. It's time to shine. You start shining with your face. A smile comes to your face. You are no longer downcast. Yeah, it's very important. You fight that spirit of depression. You're no longer downcast. Say, arise, shine, for your light has come. Rejoice this evening because your light has come. Rejoice this evening because your light has come. Rejoice, your light has come. Father, we give you thanks. Thank you for the glories to follow. Thank you, Lord, for the glories to follow. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you. We know sins have been forgiven. Bodies have been healed. Hope is being rekindled. The fire of the Holy Spirit has come upon some people here again this evening. 
Lord, we give you the praise. We worship your holy name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless somebody beside you, please. This is your season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus. Bless another person. This is your season of multiplication and dominion. One more person. This is your season of multiplication and dominion. Now, one for yourself. This is my season of multiplication and dominion. All right, share of brethren. God bless you.